everyone, welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show. We are hype. Volleyball indoor season is done. We are here. We don't. Are we going to talk about it or not? I don't know. We don't schedule the show. So welcome back, everybody, to the show. We've gotten some comments. We've gotten some hype. There's some buzz about Sharp Cuts out there. Maybe I'm, maybe that's not true. I'm just giving it life. But Josh, I have one request of you today. Do you think you can handle just one simple request? Yes, I can handle that. Can you be entertaining today? <laughs> oh, that, that's steep here. That's steep. I'll try my best. Is that too much to ask for? Can you at least bring some spice? Because last episode, link in the description, we we struggled early. We, we, had to, we had to find our way early. We got down maybe two <laughs> sets. To, oh, did we come back and win the fifth set? I don't know. But the early part of that episode was tough. I think it was uh, a little bit of the guests were more nervous than they thought they were. That's what happens when you meet your heroes, Garrett. They were really nervous to meet you. They kind of folded up early, but I think they recovered by the end. I mean, let, let's say it was that. I'll, I'll take that. Let's say it was that. It was to meet me. They were nervous. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyways, let's introduce our new guests for this week. And I mean, even before we do that, we've got to applaud them for not bailing because we've been getting bailed on a lot, Josh, and we'll talk about it later in the show, but... Gosh, does it hurt. But please welcome to the show, Charlie Windsor and Daniel Austin. Welcome to the program, boys. How you doing? Uh, doing doing good. Excited to be here. We, we didn't bail on you, Garrett. We'd never do that to you. I, I'm... I'm super glad, but I can already tell. I can I can already tell you guys. Like, are we are we gonna have the same issues we had last time, or are we gonna at least bring some spice, some entertainment for the people? We're gonna we're gonna try and bring as much spice as we can here. It is sharp cuts. We gotta get some sharp sharp cuts in, you know? Let's go, Daniel. Charlie, what do you gotta say? You're just gonna sit there and just look at us. Yeah, pretty much. Just whatever Danny says, I'm just gonna add on a little bit. Uh, that's that's all I've got for you this week. Okay, I'm already seeing the relationship here. Daniel and I vibing already. Charlie pulling a bit of a Josh move early. So, okay, request to both Charlie and Josh. Try to be a little bit entertaining this episode, okay? So let's get into it. So you guys are going to have to update me and maybe the listeners because you could have missed it. The Nationals happened this past week. I think it's been a week if you're listening to this. Maybe more if you're catching us up later. All the Nationals in Canada at indoor volleyball finished, right? Or did it? I, I kind of yep. lose track because yep. I kind of lost interest. All done. All done. You lost interest this year? How did you lose interest this year? Okay, well, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But tell me why I what was interesting. I think the biggest thing that U-Sports did was the stream was not only free, Garrett, it was free on CBC. So I thought the production value was top tier. I was really impressed with clicking on as many games as I could. I thought the streaming, the commentators, they did a great job. Yeah, Mac did a great job, and the stream was fantastic, too. And big shout-out to the Mac crew. If you noticed, they did a documentary on the McMaster team this year. Okay, hold on, though. Two two big points early. CBC covered the Nationals? Let's go, CBC. CBC, their, their, their live sports thing, like their live streaming, I feel like you can apply to be on it because they've done a few events now, but they've done U-Sports in a couple different sports. Like uh, hockey was going on this weekend. I clicked on a couple of their things. I think you could watch basketball if it wasn't this weekend. It was the previous weekend. But uh, I think CBC, they're a little bit more uh, open, Garrett. So if you meet a certain qualification, you know, I don't know if you have to do the setup and stuff, but they definitely let you use their platform. Well, yeah, no, let's go, Josh. Like- let's get sharp cuts on CBC. Like, what are you talking about? If I can add to that, I'm pretty sure it was like a year or two ago, like CBC and U Sports kind of had got a deal together 
where CBC would like be the exclusive like broadcaster of any U Sports National Championships that like they wanted. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. We should celebrate that and not take that for granted because that is not normal. That feels good. I'm picturing Josh. Josh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm picturing you in your gross, dirty basement. Um, I'm just assuming it's dirty and gross. I can only see one portion of it. But in your gross, dirty basement with like 20 screens up with each of the different games going as you're just nerding out on everything that's going on in the various national finals. Am I close? Uh, close, but the Friday, Garrett, uh, we were hosting a March break camp with Volleyball Canada, and I may have selfishly tricked the children into be like, this is the highest level our country has. So in the background, the TV was showing the matches. We watched UT Alberta as like a little bit of a lunch and learn break. Uh, and then the court that I was coaching on just happened to be closest to the big TV we had, so I could peek over and check the score every time. So uh, it, was, it was a growing experience for the children, but I, I definitely benefited. But maybe I learned as much as they did, Garrett. That's always the goal of a March break camp. Got it. You guys heard it. I was close. Josh took a group of young children into his dirty, creepy basement and put on a volleyball match to watch together. That's what we should take away from this. No, right? it was dirty That's and not story. creepy. Downsview. It was just dusty. It was not dirty. Uh, okay, but, uh, it was everything yeah, except was dirty. It was just dusty. Yeah, because it is quite dusty there. Okay. Second thing, we've called out McMaster crew on this show for having a terrible stream with brutal commentary and just an absolute mess. And you're saying it was, was good? Me. Yes, it's pretty good. Yeah, it was, did a good job. They did a great job with the stream and the documentary they released on the team that they're slowly rolling out is like above and beyond. More schools should be doing stuff like that. Are you kidding me? Charlie, wasn't this your clown of the week when you were here last? Yeah, no, my clown of the week was the McMaster production team, but I guess they've stepped it yeah, up a little bit in a couple of months since Daniel, that. you're going to call out I'm not, I the didn't... Mac team on the show with Charlie. He was his clown of the week last time and you're saying it's top notch? I they just remember how bad it was. They were saying people who weren't even on the court were like going back to serve. The positions were wrong. Like they mixed up people who were like a visible minority and confused them with another player. Like there was some up. bad commentating going on. I, I will say they were they were maybe a little out of pocket when they talked about the Saskatchewan coaching situation for like a good two minutes during a timeout. Ooh, that's touchy. I, I missed that one. Yeah, that was a little. That was maybe a little too far, but. Other than that, I thought they were the, um, the recruiting of a felon, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Okay. So which did. schools recruiting felons? Sask. Okay. In front of the show, Sean McKay is a. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Sean, no, better watch it. I guess. Okay. So, but what a what a story though. The like up and coming like I don't know what what do they call it? Most improved player of the year, McMaster yeah. broadcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Great. No, just let it hang there, boys. Nobody jump in. We got this. Okay. You know, A to B to C to D. No, we don't do that here on this show. We just let it. Okay. Whatever. Um. Okay. What else should we be interested and, in, Josh? UBC. Like I, UBC's broadcast was also very good. And then Garrett, the the matches. Like, uh, me and my loser friends. Because what else do we have to do? We made an Excel sheet and shared it online, and we made a bracket. And everybody's bracket was blown up. You would think, okay, it starts in the quarters. There's only like so many matches. There's like eight matches. How bad could it be? I only got four games right, Garrett. It was wild this year. Well, I'm not surprised. You don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> you and your loser friends set up a bracket? Like just like, wait. So you all set up just one bracket for one of the divisions and you all lost? Like how many? There's not that many permutations. 
a friend of the show, Nolan Langley, I'll, I'll out him on the show. He was part of the bracket squad. There was no prize money. There was nothing, Garrett. Okay. We were playing for nothing but pride. Uh, Nolan won it with five correct picks this year. So congratulations, Nolan. Like, but, yeah, five for eight can win a bracket with me, apparently. Like, yeah, like five, five for eight, though. Like, really? Like, that's it? Well, you got your four quarters, and then your two semis, and then your final, and your your bronze match. And basically, he picked the right the right bronze medalist for bonus points at the end. But that was what sealed the deal for him. I'm telling you, the men's draw was wild this year, Garrett. And on the women's side, UBC lost in the quarters of Can West and wins nationals. How often do you see something crazy like that? It's that home court advantage. Yeah, like, like also nobody saw of, this coming, Garrett. Just kind of goes to show, like, what a weird format when that happens. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to be playing to try to find the best team? And we have a team, not the best team, then go and beat the best team? Like, I don't get it. So are they the best team then? Like, is this? it's like any bad action movie. The hero loses in the first five minutes, but then regains themselves. There's a little montage, and bam, they win it in the end. Yeah, like, how often do you see that happening? No, because if you lose in the quarters, you don't get to go to nationals. So, and then they go and win? Crazy! You should have led with that! That's way crazier than... What did you say? Your bracket getting busted? That I didn't. We knew that was going to happen even before you said that. Josh Nickel only having four correct picks, I think, is headline news here, Gary. UBC women winning that. It seems like it happens every other year with Doug Reimer. He's won like ten of these things. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. How many? How many right would we have got? The three of us here, over Josh. I would have dominated Josh. I would have gotten seven for eight probably. No. No chance. Oh, for sure. I, I would mean, have not them. to. Not to dump on our own league, but you can do pretty well by just picking against the OUA teams at every opportunity at Nationals. So besides McMaster, yeah. you would have gone you would have gone pretty well just picking against them. Definitely pick against OUA. Like, feels like the top seed makes it out, but then that's about it. It's they'll win their quarter and then goes downhill pretty quick for the OUA. Wow, boys. Wow. Yeah. You have little faith here. If you weren't in the tournament, I can say that. Take it. Yeah, okay, naturally, so, when we did a Nationals recap, you needed two members of the 2-18 and 18 Trent team to join you. A perfect fit. Yeah. yeah I was just about to say that. I'm like, Josh, like, guest guy. Like, okay, we're, the Nationals ended last week. Let's try to scope a nice guest. Let's get a couple of Trent buys out here and just talk about what? <laughs> Vote against Ontario. We I mean, know Passing that. Dimes has some champions coming up. Sharp Cuts is a little harder to book, but Passing Dimes, the A show, definitely got some national champions coming up. I'm just yeah, saying. Like, you get these people to come on Passing <laughs> Dimes and you don't even throw out an invite to Sharp Cuts. Like, there's no limit to the people you can have on Sharp Cuts. Invite 10 people. Say they can all come, Josh. But you're like saving it for the A show. You're like sandbagging this show to get the good guests on your A on your A show. It's, I see what's going on here. <laughs> Brutal. Not that you guys are bad guests or anything. I I didn't mean to. Sorry. I, okay. No, it's okay. Pressing company excluded. All yeah, from what you were saying. Right. All good. You guys are with me. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Gosh. Well, nothing you guys have said has has anything to do with the CCAA as well. Should we just forget about them or what? Well, that was a weekend prior, and congratulations to uh, Camosun, who I think had a 47-year-old Brazilian who was just dominating the tournament. Uh, I think he did really well. Congratulations to Humber, who started off uh, first semester five and four. I think everybody was dumping on them. They end up winning OCAA. They go to the national final, so congratulations for them. Uh, on the women's side, I, I just quit tournament. I, I was cheering for Humber. They ended up taking third, so I, I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping the OCAA would win both, but here we are, Garrett. On the uh, on the men's side, quick shout out to all my buddies on the Fanshawe team. They were they were in that semifinal until Tanner Patterson got injured. That was 
that was a tough one. It could have been an all Ontario final if that had broken another way. Got a got a lot of old teammates from my high school days on that Fanshawe team, so that was tough to see. Yeah, that uh, that always hurts when when a key guy goes down at a tough time. You know, question. And I mean, Camosun almost swept Garrett. They finished second on the women's side, so good for them to be in both national finals. Yeah, I mean, just dominance from the West Coast. You know, I mean, it's kind of should come to expect that. Um, you know, that's why I moved over here. I'm a bandwagon jumper, big time. It's the only reason I came here. Question: Does the Western curse also follow former members as they go to new teams? Like, am I cursed? Yeah, I think you have to be. Pat Johnson, national semifinal. Brutal injury. I mean, Pat does have a national gold medal to his name, so maybe it doesn't follow you. Yeah, okay. Okay, there's hope. There's (laughs) hope, Josh. You're you're probably going to cut that out, actually, when you take this clip and put it on Instagram. You're going to cut that last piece out and just leave it hanging, am, am I cursed? And just with a big yes, aren't you? No, I think I'll clip you screaming there's hope and then announce the reverse the curse t-shirts available now online at sharpcuts.com. Do we have that's, a website? We don't that, have a that's website. A, that's a great business move. Do it. Please do it. Because we've said <laughs> some things on this program that have not come to pass. Anyways, it's time to everybody's favorite segment. Well, actually, we're, we're pretty sure it's everybody's favorite segment. It's Players and Clowns of the Week. So let's get to it. We know with four four guests on the episode it's gonna take a while so let's get into it hopefully there's some juicy stuff to talk about i'm gonna go first because i'm ready to go and i don't want anybody to take my players of the week so i'm gonna i gotta give a player of the week to the Camosun chargers men's volleyball team um i coach with douglas they beat us they go on and win the national championship that's two years in a row for them um, dominating. They do have a 47-year-old Brazilian on there who is dominating. Um, they also have a 35-year-old Canadian on there. Um, and a couple of fifth, sixth-year guys. But um, anyways, they went and dominated. So even not uh, brutal injuries, notwithstanding, they go and they get the win. So I got to do that. But my real player of the week came to me moments before the episode. And I hope I'm stealing somebody's player of the week. But it's definitely got to be the Not Western Mustangs Instagram account this week for, I mean, you you clip our show, you clip our show without our permission and you put it up there, but chirping, not us, one of the guests, completely gla- glancing blow to us, Josh, that's free advertisement as far as I'm concerned. So thank you, Not Western Mustangs. You have more followers on Instagram than we have subscribers on YouTube. So we need a little extra juice. We we definitely benefit from the juice. So whoever's running that, thank you. And do you get to be on the show if you ask nicely? Yes. Like, yes. yes. Like, oh, what are you talking about? Yes. People are bailing on us. Three of me, if you ask to be on the show, come on the show. So, I mean, player of the week right there. Are you kidding me? And, and Garrett, if you did follow them before, you knew they were a big fan of ours. Uh, during Nationals, when McMaster beat Sask, I don't know if you've seen the movie Grown Ups, where the big buff guy gets out of the pool and he's from Saskatoon or wherever he makes fun of and he goes on it. They dubbed over logos. They made it fit really well. So they're, they're a little bit more edgy than we are, but it's definitely hilarious. And I definitely appreciate who's ever running that account. So uh, I, I, I approve your player of the week. this year. That's a big one for the not Western Mustangs. Absolutely. Shout out I to that, that one. That account's a lot of fun, and got to say, it 
disagreed strongly with what Martin was saying last week on Sharp Cuts. That account's hilarious. Like, I think they should do more, if anything. Those guys are funny. Well, I give them permission to clip our show anytime, except if they're chirping us. Then I revoke my media rights, and you will be getting a cease and desist in the mail. So, you know, there's a balance there. I think we have to. We're pretty sensitive, and they're pretty edgy. So if they do go at us, it's gonna it's gonna cut deep, Garrett. Right, like it's it's sharp cuts. Did you just say it's gonna cut deep? Like, are you serious? Did you just say that? Do you, do you get it? Did that one go over your head? No, I get it, but you. I mean, you you could have just said cut sharp or sharp cut, but you you went around. No, no, it. it's too obvious. That's too obvious. We have a clever audience. They like the puns. Okay. Well, I just ruined it. Um, okay, so that's my players of the week. <laughs> Who's up next? Who's ready to go? Should I call someone up? Way to show I some leadership, it. you three. Like, way to way to I really step a, up to the a, plate. One somebody. I got a player of the week ready for Let's you. Let's go, uh, Daniel. Before I, before I get into it, uh, honorable mention to Dave Preston finishing his career with a bronze medal. Uh, hell of a career. Not probably not the medal he would have wanted, but winning a medal on home court to, to end that kind of career is a good way to go out. Uh, but my player of the week is one of the players that beat McMaster in that semifinal. And uh, I think he got a mention last week, but I think the performance was good enough to do it again. Brody Hofer, uh, fantastic weekend all around. And then seven aces in a three set national championship game is pretty much unheard of. That's a dominant performance. So had to give it to him. Yeah. I mean, congrats. I mean, that's a big performance. And yeah, I mean, honorable mention. I mean, it's true, Josh. Like, you know, we, 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 we don't have great relationships. We compete with people. Things get tense. But really, at the end of the day, when somebody hangs it up or moves on, I mean, yeah, Dave, congrats on a great career. I mean, we may see him back, though. Like, I don't want to, like, say that. And, you know, like, you know, it's not like set in stone or anything. But uh, yeah, definitely. Was that your player of the week last week, Hofer, Josh? Uh, yes, and he was going to be my player of the week this week. I'll, I'll still elaborate on that, Garrett, but just for from a factual standpoint, because this is really a show, uh, it was Jesse Elser who got the seven service aces, not Brody. Uh, Brody had two. My bad. Well, I'm going to continue to operate as if it was Hofer. Um, <laughs> just to... I think I think Hofer led them in points, though, so I'll still give it to him. Or I'll take Jesse, and you can take uh, you can take Brody. <laughs> you can take Jesse. I think Brody led over the tournament uh, in the finals. Jesse had 17. Yeah. Uh, Brody had 12. But uh, you know, what are you two negotiating players of the week? No, Daniel had the courage to go first, so he gets the first pick. You lose out, Josh. You had an opportunity. There was a moment, and you hesitated. Yeah. Facts, Max. Who who cares about facts? No, I, I mean we should care about facts. I mean, but but really, <laughs> is it facts or feelings that are more important? You know what? Let's not even go there. So I'll go just in case Charlie's going to take my next one. I'll just cut off our guest here and be a bad host. But I was going to go with Brody Hofer Garrett. And the thing that impressed me most is not only like uh, he got 16 points in the quarter, 21 in the semi, and 12 in the final. His ability to serve, Garrett, I actually went back and I wrote it down in Volumetrics via the account, but it was actually unbelievable where he would go back to serve, his team would be at 5-4, and by the time he finished serving, it was 10-5. Like, unbelievable runs. Uh, against Mac, they were down 12-11 by the time he was done serving. Uh, they had 15. Like, it just looked like every time he went back to serving, it was not only aces, but just constantly putting the other team in trouble. Uh 
five five turned into five eight by the time he was done. Like it just, it just seemed like he was getting three four five runs every time he went back. So Brody Hofer was going to be my player of the week, but I'll also give it to uh, Elise Pettit from the UBC women's team. Garrett put up a Garrett May stat line in the final: twenty kills, only six errors on. Get this. 55 attempts in the five-set final to beat the Trinity Western Spartans, who were probably the favorite going into that match all year. Uh, just a dominant season in the Canada West. UBC takes them down in the final, though, with that home court advantage, 22.5 points. Uh, she chipped in 19.5 and 12.5 in their quarters and semis, so that's a big tournament by Elise. So, uh, yeah, Brody, we've talked enough about Brody. He did a great job. He can be player of the week for both of us, but I'll add in Elise as my uh, real one if Daniel wants to take my, my first one. Yeah, no, I approve of that. I approve of that. Awesome. Congrats. And I love the use of Garrett May stat line. I feel like I've had that stat line before, like 26-55. Like, that's that's a big, a lot of 55 attempts. 55 sweeps? Yeah, man. Holy Come on. Let's go. Get that shoulder warm. Let's get it going. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, I approve. And, I mean, congrats. I mean, yeah, pretty low-hanging fruit, you two guys. I'm just going to be honest. But, okay, over to uh, Charlie. Let's see what you got. Okay. So, I want to throw an honorable mention out there to Johan David of uh, Sherbrooke. I think he played phenomenally for... Josh, don't give me that look. I think he played really well for most of National. You look like you disagree. I get that he's a friend and he's a good volleyball player, but how do you give it to somebody whose attack efficiency on the biggest stage in the National Final was lower than their weight? He didn't hit his weight in the final, and you're saying player of the week? Okay. Is no, he a heavy guy? honorable mention for player of the week. <laughs> Is he a big guy? Yeah. Is he over 300 pounds? He didn't hit my weight. Because... He didn't hit my weight, Garrett. <laughs> he was, okay. He played well. He helped lead the team to a silver medal, and he was named to the tournament all-star team. So I'm giving him honorable mention for that. But my actual player well, slash okay. team of the honorable week. Honorable mention, though, Josh. Him. Like, honorable mention is not player of the week. Like, it's honorable mention. So can it? All-star, too, dude. Why is such a wait, – wait until cloud of the I week. Call – what is this? this is the negative port. This is the nice yeah, portion. Yeah, bring your way up in clown of the week. Charlie, are you just gonna shout out everyone you know on the show? Like, is that gonna be your player of the week? Is no. just you want to shout out all your friends? Like, I don't understand why Yoey's even in the conversation right now. Again, I think he played well, but I guess he was <laughs> anyway. Actual. Uh, Josh is so bitter. His his player got stolen. That's why he's calling you out, Charlie. Not because it's bad. It's because he got stolen. You think he's one of the best players in the tournament. He wasn't even the best player on his team. <laughs> Zach Hollins had a way better tournament. Okay, we okay. give him a sec. Anyway, player team of the week. I want to give to Brandy and Mel. Uh, just switching it up to the beach side of things. They won the King Queen of the Beach tournament, and then they won the Miami Beach tournament. Like, they're winning tons of big tournaments and just starting off, like, really strong as a new partnership in the Olympic run. So, you know, team of the week to them. See, I, I, that was good. Okay, I'll approve of that one. That was yeah, good. like, I love that, Charlie, because I saw that. I knew it. Didn't bring it up. Probably should have. Josh knew it better than anyone. Got his player taken. Still didn't go with that. You, like, you're the beach guy, and you're going to have Charlie stunt on you after Daniel steals yours? So, Garrett, I think what happened is I just got used to it where I just expect Mel and Brandy to do well at everything. And you're right. We've said it before on the show. You can't get used to it. So this won't happen again. But I think I fell for the trap being like, yeah, they're a great team doing great things. Like, how are you doing? Yeah, this is not normal. I think for me, it was just winning two entirely different formats of tournament within, you know, like a week. Yeah, and we're calling it right now. They're going to win the Elite 16 and we're going to be talking about them next week. We're going to talk about them every week. They might as well get a segment on the show. 
I mean, we've we've had them both on the show, so I mean, we we should we should pitch that. We should we should not rule that out. Winning. Here, just having... clip this and include this in every episode, Garrett. Here's your Mel and Brandy update of the week. They won again. There, that, that well, there. We can use that every week. We have an episode. Well, we're gonna use it when I say it because I think you're a little bit. I mean, we gotta. I don't know if we want to go with that, but um, yeah. How do you? I don't get the idea of two people winning a queen of the beach. Like, see, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. You're, you're thinking it's a, a king or queen of the court where you play with everybody. They were literally playing kings where if you win, you run to the other side. People have confused this before. They're literally playing five teams on a court playing royal court. Okay, so what did Charlie say? Charlie said they won the queens of the beach. They won the king and queen of the beach tournament, like on the women's side, and then they won an AVP. Yeah, it's of the court. He used the wrong word. He's a beginner. Yeah, yeah. So it's oh, the sorry. queens of the court tournament. Court. Yeah. That's a stupid and important distinction to make. Huge. Like, king, queen of the beach, way cooler. Sounds way better than king or queen of the court. Come on. Would you rather be the, the king of the court or the king of the beach? Oh, court for sure. Court for sure? Beach. Are you beach. serious, Daniel? Court? No, the whole beach. The whole beach. The whole beach? That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, good for them. Congrats. And Charlie, love how you pulled out a beach fact and just dangled it right over Josh's face and just let him know he missed out on it. Love that. I missed no. it too. So He's still hitting it. below. He's, he's minus 250 right now. Here. He's got to get <laughs> We're over. We're over the yoey thing. We're done with that. <laughs> Oh, good. Hey, next time I'm going to call clown, or like player of the week out to a guy who didn't really play that well and just see what happens because now I know it's a sensitive subject, so i got to use that again. Okay. All right. On to clowns of the week. Josh, it's your chance to call some people out. Now on to clowns of the week. So I'm going to go. So what? You want to go first? You're worried now. I do want to go first just because I'm so uncomfortable. I want to get it over with. <laughs> is it this all of us my attention? And and believe me, I I love U of A. I think they're awesome. Oh. I have so much respect for Brock and Jordan Canham and all those guys. Garrett, if I had to quiz you and said when was the last time the Canada West champion didn't even medal at nationals? How far back do you think you'd have to go? Dude, you asked me a number. Like you know, I'm not a numbers guy. You'd have to go back to 2000, 2001 season when Sask won Canada West and then finished fourth at U Sports. That's the last time this has happened. That's how un like infrequent this is. So somebody brought this to my attention. I think it has to be the clown of the week where you dominate all year, you win the Canada West, and then you show up to Nationals and you squeak by U of T and then you Sherbrooke just rolls you. That was a great game. Uh, and then you don't get it done in the bronze against Mac in front of that home crowd. I don't necessarily think they are clowns, but based on the performance and recent history, it, it's kind of a clown move that U of A let down. They played their worst volleyball down the stretch. Pains me to say, Garrett. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. Like so, so let's put this into context. Charlie, were though. even born the last time the Canada West uh, finalist did, or winner didn't even medal at nationals? Wow. I wasn't even a year old. You, you too. In sync there. I Hasn't just... happened in their lifetime, Garrett. Has not happened in their lifetime. Well, no, they said they were one years old, man. In their lifetime. I was, get I it was right. a whole year old. Yeah, get in it right. I was not. So, hold on. The last time that a Can West team didn't medal at the Nationals. 
Sorry, the champion didn't medal at nationals. It had to be the champion versus medalist here. Okay, not but, just you go to Canada West, you automatically get a medal. But like, when's the last time the best Canada West team didn't medal at nationals? Okay, but the another Canada West ago. team medaled. Yeah, but not the not the Can West gold medalist. Not the defending champion. Josh no, I, I get it. I get it. But like, I I I'm I think it's an uninteresting fact. Like. Who cares? No, I think it's very interesting. You just told me that the team that lost in the quarters goes and wins from the Can West. Yes. We know they're a deep Apparently, conference. Yes. So who cares? Somebody else meddled. They beat them. What are you talking about? 20 years, 30, whatever, man. Because you think Canada West is just sitting around a table saying, if it's not me, I hope it's you. Like, there's no rivalries in that conference. They all love each other. They're all fighting for that big CW crest. Like, there's no rivalries. It's interesting you bring it up because there are definitely rivalries. But as soon as there's a set, like, so as soon as Alberta, say, loses that, well, no, actually, if they're both in the semi, there's no way they're going to get a medal, right? So, like, that's just always going to happen. But if there's one team fighting for a medal, I don't know if they still do this, but you had to earn that medal to get the extra berth for your conference next year. Oh, you're rooting for them for sure. I'd be with you, Garrett, but they've changed the format that no matter who the host is now, Canada West will have three, Ontario will have three, and the RCQ will have two, no matter if this is hosted in Mexico. Like, those are the three divisions they'll give, no matter who medaled last year. It's kind of weird. I hope they review it. I, I don't like it. Also, me personally, if if I get like three would by a team in the semifinal, I'm I'm hoping that team wins, so it at least looks a little bit better on our record. That hey, we lost to the gold medalist. Did not. Oh, it was a tough draw, you know. Now we draw, lost to a team you know. that 3-0'd us and then got pretty definitively 3-0 swept in the gold medal game. By a team we already beat. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying though, Josh, is that. The Can West. I'm saying team. winning Canada West should be a medal at nationals, and it has been for the last 20 years, Garrett. Right, that's what you're saying. Like the Can West team champion has gone on to at least medal for 22 straight years. Yes, it's not unusual that the Can West winner doesn't win nationals. That happens, but it is extremely unusual that they don't medal. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, as the Can West champion, you get the best seed every single year. You face the second or third team. You face the worst team in the draw every year. Potentially the host if it's a weak year. Like, are you kidding? Of course they're going to medal. They got to win one. Well, they're going to win one game. And they got to win another game out of two. And they're the champ. What a weird stat. But Alberta, I'm with you, Josh. I can't I don't believe know. Am you're I crazy? just brushing this over. Being like, yeah. yeah okay. I don't know. Am I crazy? I thought it was extremely Maybe interesting, Garrett. I don't know. Yeah, sorry to rain on that parade but also yeah i mean you're the champ and you don't actually that doesn't yeah i I, so i guess what i'm saying josh is i agree with you you didn't sell that gary you need to work on your delivery yeah i took a while but we got there no anytime i agree with you josh i want it to feel like i don't so hopefully i should accomplish um all righty well i'm gonna go next then because i don't want my mind to get stolen i'm not feeling uncomfortable like you were but i don't want mine to get stolen um, okay, I have a few clowns of the week here, and we need to clear the air because a few weeks ago we said we asked people to guess who bailed on us, and since then we've been bailed on like two or three times since since we asked that. So 
we're going to name some names here. And we're going to call some people out. Because when we get bailed on, don't think that it's a consequence-free decision. Now, let's clarify. When I'm talking bailed on, I mean you said you were going to come on the show. And then you said later, I, I'm not coming on the show. Right? People who say, no, I, I can't come on the show. Fine. You're good. People who come on the show, great. But it's that in-between, Josh. So I'm going to name their names. So I got I got my little sticky notepad here. Okay. So Joey Jarvis, clown of the week for bailing on us. Sorry, Joey, but, like, we'd love to have you on, but you bailed. Alina Zizgarski. Again, the last name is Sorry, a challenge. Be, How close was I, Josh? As close as I could get. Alina, clown of the week. We'd love to have you on the show. You bailed on us. Robbie Kemp, clown of the week. What are you doing, Robbie? Like, we're trying to have you on the show? You can't make time for us? Okay, clown of the week. So there you go, Josh. And let this be a lesson to anybody who says they'd like to come on the show and then just doesn't come on the show. You're getting called out. I'm not committing to that, actually. I shouldn't commit to that. I'm going to walk. I'm going to bail on that immediately. And you may get called out. Anything? Any any, any, any backup there, Josh? Or are you just going to let that hang there? I hope this is stirring the pot because Robbie's probably going to be like, no, I, I didn't bail. I just asked you guys to record on a different night based on like a random daytime where I have free time in my class schedule. Like he, he offered a creative solution that I'm sure he thought was fair, not realizing that, you know, we have jobs and stuff. But anyways. Well, here's the next stage, Josh, because we're getting bailed on a lot. We're trying to nip that in the bud. People who are being flaky about being on the show. Uh, maybe. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's next on the target list, Josh. So you want to be flaky with the show? You may get called out. <laughs> or that's a bit so what would be worse, though? Somebody bailing or somebody bagging to be on the show? And we're kind of like, I don't know. Your team just went 2-18 and 18 in the OUA. I'm not sure you can come on the show. Like, what would we do in that situation, Garrett? Why? Did somebody beg to be on the show? That's kind of an absurd, like, situation to come up with. I don't know what kind of team has that kind of record, what business <laughs> they have being on a show. But I don't think you should bring them into it. I think they try really hard and don't get enough credit, so... That's just me. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I'd agree. I don't know what you're talking about, Josh. You're going to name some names? or Like, are we turning people down from the show, basically? No, I just don't want to open up the floodgates that it's like anyone who asks gets to be on the show. you got to bring something to the table, Garrett. I agree, but we've also had some pretty weak guests on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Present company excluded. Not these guys, but like some shows. Okay. Well, Clowns of the Week. Sorry, Alina, for mispronouncing your name. Did I ever pronounce it correctly? I don't know. Um, but also, Clown Just of the Week. she asked to come on the show again and defend herself. Although, I don't even think... Here's the best part, Garrett. You just called her out, and we're going to get her on the show eventually. She's got, not going to know what you're talking about, because I don't think she's a listener. <laughs> That's even worse. So, if I, if I called you out for bailing, and then you end up on the show one day, and you don't defend the Clown of the Week... Worse. That's even worse. Then we know you weren't listening. You just come in all positive vibes. You have no idea. You just got called out given the worst award we can give on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. So, Clowns of the Week handed out. Okay. I'm interested to hear hear these guys because, well, hopefully we took them. Well, we didn't take them. Ours were pretty weak, Josh. Okay. Who's up? Uh, I'll I'll get this started. Uh, 
my clown of the week isn't a isn't a person but a rule and uh this was inspired by if you happen to have seen the U Sports all rookie team uh and that's the RSEC eligibility rules uh Laval had a setter on that U Sports all rookie team uh that's the same age as me 22 turning 23 this year that guy's played four years of volleyball at Limualu and is in his first year at Laval. Uh, to me, that's not a rookie. And, you know, we're all from Ontario originally, at least, Garrett. Uh, imagine if OCAA eligibility didn't count towards the OUA and you had these guys that played five years at Humber and Fanshawe and Niagara when they were at their peak, transitioning over to play in the OUA when they were 22 years old and taking up first team all rookie spots and then winning player of the years at 28. Uh, I just think it's a little bit ridiculous and something that should probably be changed because you're taking away spots on an all rookie team from 18 and 19 year olds that played huge roles for their team when you've played a full career of post-secondary volleyball already. Yeah. I, I have no rebuttal. Josh. So I think this, well, congratulations, Charles St. Alban, because, uh, yeah, you had a heck of a career at Limalu, and now you're playing at, at university as a rookie. It's nothing, uh, nothing against Charles in particular. It's just the rule itself. I think this also falls on lazy booking, Garrett, that if you win, like, a conference award, you're basically guaranteed a U-sports award, and I don't know if that's always the case either, that basically, like, if you're rookie of the year in the RCQ, I think you automatically get named like a, an all rookie for the the country, right? At least uh, U Sports didn't name 14 first team and second team all stars <laughs> like the OUA did. Uh, but it just seems like a, the automatic award getting eligibility stuff. I I don't know, Garrett. I don't know if the the all stars bug me as much as uh, the the college no age limit thing that we've discussed on the show the past few years because uh, I didn't know it was that big of a deal until I saw this cat play and I was like, ooh, you're not you're not appropriate for the CC double a level you should be playing professional volleyball somewhere like and, and then is a rookie like has has yeah. a full five years so like if i well, into, if, if i go to a college in quebec and get in it in a degree program in a in a um in a college program and i graduate and i'm going to university to do like a post-grad or a master's or like something like that now I'm I can play another full with scholar with full scholarship another full five years right yeah yeah and I get where the the intent of the rule was because technically Sage Up can be like grade twelve if you're in Ontario they, like they do start young so I do get the intent that it doesn't count but if you're playing four years of Sage Up it's got to count for something towards your your U Sports or CCAA eligibility like I think that's a bit too lenient that like let's say Charles does play another four years at Laval. Can he win player of the year as like a 24-year-old? Would anyone respect that and say, hey, you were, you were the best player in the league this year, like three or four years older than everybody else? Well, and to, to bring it back to, to Josh's clown of the week with Alberta, that entire Sherbrooke starting lineup is all 24 or older. That, that team, you're looking at grown men playing against young adults. It's a little, it's a little ridiculous that it's the same league. It, something should realistically be done to close that loophole where maybe if you're playing Sejap for your grade 12 year or even one year, like a grade 13 year, you're not using eligibility. But once you've played one or two years, you got to start burning your U sports eligibility. Now, has this not been a problem? Yeah. And let's just face it. Let's call it what it is. Let's have a sharp cut that the RCQs 
not usually that good. So Dude, nobody I was just about to say yeah. that. I was like, this has been a thing for years. And, oh, what? They have a good team all of a sudden, and now we're complaining about the rule? I think the uh, the other the other reason it like is maybe a little bit more prominent now is since the AUS folded, no schools had to come into that league. They're now at a disadvantage in their own league in the regular season because they're not recruiting those 23 year olds to come play as a rookie that are going to be there until they're 27 or 28. You know, they're they're recruiting 18 year olds. Like Dalhousie's team was a bunch of first years this year playing against grown men like we have rules in sports like football to prevent that from happening and obviously it's a it's a little different because there's like a physical safety thing but maybe new sports volleyball meets that rule maybe we need an age cap i i have the solution right here are you ready for it i i I, it just came to me i've got it you you set a an age that any year you play after that age counts against your eligibility and you could it's even be generous one. with it, because why not? Why why would your first year at a university have to be a year of eligibility? Like, say it's, I don't know, whatever the age is, 19. Any year you play in your 19th year on this planet or later counts against your eligibility. So play until you're 23. Play until you're 24. You get your five years. Even use that sixth year when you're kind of... When you're 18, sure, but who cares? Then it's at least very even playing field for everybody, um, or at least more so. There you go. We don't often fix things on the show, but I feel like it's a pretty good solution. Are you jealous you didn't come up with it, Josh? Well, did you really come up with it? You just had an opinion. I don't think they're actually going to adopt it. They're they're doing it. They're going to do it now that we've given it life. Because not Western Mustangs is going to clip it, send it to them, and then yeah. it's gonna then it's gonna blow up. Yes, and, and all the alumni of the, the the strong Dalhousie Tigers, they're sick and tired of only winning four games. They want to win six games a year, so they're going to get this rule changed immediately. Yikes. Great deflection, uh, right, Josh. Right, Absolutely Luke, great I deflection think, there. And I, think I, it's I just want to give a shout out to like, Luke and, and the strong tradition that is the Dalhousie Tigers that have uh, struggled since joining the RCQ. Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe there's something else afoot. I don't know. But uh, the proof's in the pudding. And you face it, Luke, you are what your record says you are. Dude, he's not even here. You're calling him out. Like, you're, ta- you're talking to him directly. He's not here. <laughs> like, not only Clown of the Week, you're, like, talking at him. Like, okay. Uh, like, he's, he can't defend himself, Josh. Comment down below, Luke. We need the exposure. Okay, yeah. last clown of the week. Over to Charlie. What do you got for us, buddy? Before I got mine, I just want to add into perspective like that some of those guys that we were just talking about are just as close to when they started their post-secondary volleyball career as a lot of like OUA and like Can West guys are to starting to play volleyball. And they're on the same floor. Like there's the same amount of years. I was in like 12U, 13U when some of these guys were in their first year of post-secondary. So and yeah, yeah you still gave him player of the week. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's Charlie's got a point because um, I mean, like, I'm a I'm a fifth year on the Trent team and I'm the oldest guy on the team and a guy my age in Quebec just won rookie of the year. Anyway. Okay, for, we get um, it. You guys are bitter, but what was your record go. again this year in a league where you didn't have the age thing? I feel like that's actually not important. Okay. Um, <laughs> A program best two wins, Garrett. Program best. That's what we're going to focus on. Wait, wait, wait. Program best? <laughs> program yeah. best. Hey, congrats, in, boys. In That's in big. Josh is, Josh is uh, chirping you guys. But hey, two wins, an all-time best? Let's go. 
Trending. Definitely trending. Like it was worse, though. It used to be worse. Oh, yeah. You've been there five years. Um, okay, for me, <laughs> I have. Okay. Sorry, Charlie. We interrupted. No. Uh, it's good. I think I'm going to go Clown of the Week. We're going to go international. We're going to go down to the States. And we touched on this in my first time on the show, but excessive celebrations from the States. I want to point out in particular GCU. They are horrible with it. I saw a clip on like Dustin Watton's like noisy buckets of one of their guys got a kill. They were running like beat test on the baseline, dragging each other around by the ankles. Like I understand like getting gassed up for your guys, like you're getting a kill, but they're like running on the court and just they're doing whatever they think. Like in the OUA, like in U Sports, that's a card every time. They're doing some stuff that's just I don't get it. I, I'm usually down for calling people out, but I got to make an exception, Charlie. I, are you kidding me? You know how we feel on this show about excessive celebrations. We need no, more of them, Charlie, not less. What are you talking I know, about? I, you are dragging a red shirt around by his ankles on the baseline. Let's go. As long as he's consenting, as long as he's consenting, let's go drag everybody around. Mop that floor with these guys. Who cares? I think it just, it takes away from the volleyball aspect and adds like way too much into like the bench mob kind of thing, which is good to an extent, but I think they take it too far. I bet Josh agrees with you. Look at him. You're just over there. You just, you couple of volleyball purists over there. Volleyball snobs is what I like to call those no, people. I, I, I like how it's changing. And like, I guess we'll say the cultural side of things. But I think it, it seems forced. It's not a natural reaction in the slightest. It makes me wonder what the down officials doing because in the OCAA, Garrett, and now the OUA, now that I'm assistant coach, it seems all they do is tweet at your bench. Tweet, 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 get back. So if they're not tweeting at the bench, what? why are we employing this referee? Like, what are they getting paid to do? I don't even know what their role is. And you're going to say, comment in the section, in the section, Garrett, that, uh, oh, they're watching the net. They're not watching the net. The down official is useless. Let's get rid of them and let's let the bench have fun. I, I think the OUA definitely – and. U Sports needs to loosen up on, we'll say, policing the celebrations. But I think it also like just shouldn't get to that extent that some of the American schools take it to. Okay. Let's think about professional wrestling for a second. When a guy punches another guy. It's so different. Go on. When a guy punches another guy, <laughs> so what does he do, right? He totally recoils like, you know, oh! And when you win, it's like, yes! Give me the bell, like, yes! Like, you know, big over-the-top things because it's entertainment. If we want to try to professionalize and monetize our sport, we need some of that. So I'm going to double down and say, give me those excessive celebrations. And on the other end, give me the the team who came on the bottom end of that rally, freaking out, like pissed, like sad, like tears. Give me a whole, like, sad sob story when a team loses because I'm just more invested. It's emotion. Hey, 
if we're following that though then you're going full contact volleyball like i lose a point i'm not going to go deck the guy that blocked me under the net no no like, non-contact no, no, no. we're not saying violence we're just yeah. saying promotion yelling so instead of training right now at trent tell coach walker you need the day off you're going to go rent a studio and you're going to paint your faces like the ultimate warrior and you're going to go "Ooh, york university we want you friday uh whatever the season starts october 31st we want you in the thunderdome and you start selling tickets and you start telling a story and you get fired up and you get people excited to go watch the Trent Excalibur. Here, here's the other piece. Here's the other piece, Charlie, that I want you to think about is when you go into a hostel gym, right? At home, super easy. But when you go into a hostel gym, what do they do? What's what's the biggest benefit of a home hostel gym? They're yelling at the other team. Right. Like that, was, that was a huge thing we have. Right. They're yelling at the other team. Now, if you have a complete goon squad on the bench, hamming it up, acting like complete fools, who do you think the, the hostile crowd's going to yell at now? The players on the court? Or is the goon squad going to take some of that heat for your boys on the court? We had something like that at our school where one of the guys from TMU, we played them back-to-back, he lived day one. Day two, he was on the bench. But day two, all of our student section was going at him, just standing on the bench. Great. Wasn't even doing anything. It's just there. Great. And they're not chirping the guys on the court, so let's give Buddy a break. Like, that is something to be used as a tool, and we don't do that enough. Because what are the guys doing on the bench? We know OUA coaches never make subs. Like, nobody ever makes subs. It's ride the starters and keep the box squad back there. Don't talk to me about playtime. This is professional. So what are they there for, then, if not to goon it up? Oh, I agree. And uh, because Charlie mentioned it, shout out to our home crowd this year. Uh, we had we had a really good Phenomenal. one this year, specifically our other varsity teams at Trent. Uh, men's rugby, men's soccer, our rowing team. We're packing our gym and making it a hostile environment. And nice. we're glad they did that and we wish they had a little bit more leeway to to go at other teams because they were told a few times you have to you have to tone it down and you have to behave a little bit more and i'm with you garrett it's it's about having fun and it's a sport and as long as you're not crossing any ridiculous lines and being extremely offensive i think there's nothing wrong with it it's just part of sports there we go now here's the question how many wins estimated do you think the hostile crowd added to the program this year well, we won zero home we games. We didn't win at home. So, so <laughs> yeah, they, they contributed sets, though. I definitely. I will think say. I, will I just say looked me. it up, Garrett, and I was like, "Did their two wins happen at home? Maybe the crowd influenced it, but no." I will no. say we, the crowd probably influenced the set we took off of Guelph at home. We were down about yeah. twenty-four to nineteen, came back and won twenty-six twenty-four, and it was very loud in there and you could tell it was messing with people okay i think my favorite thing about the home crowd though is they get rowdy but a lot of them don't actually know a ton about volleyball when we were playing york one day they picked up the head top and every single i hit a guy in the chest one time and they're all like oh, and they were getting crazy with it and we were just like putting the ball to the floor like we weren't even hitting guys at every point yeah i, I mean love the shout out to the crowd i mean i love that Great respect, but, you know, <laughs> the one set on the year, I mean, great, great. But, yeah, okay, sorry to call out your clown of the week there, Charlie. I have to see it, I guess, because maybe it is ridiculous. Like, no, maybe it's like, not even entertaining. Like, is it even fun to watch? No, that's what I think. Like, I'm all for the cheering and the getting rowdy on the bench. I think that's fantastic. It's just taking it to the level that's too far where it detracts. 
from the game. Like it's like, where Bush League. Just ripping around the court. I think yeah. I think what I think what Charlie's saying is like their celebrations are getting to the point where you're paying more attention to the celebrations at some points than you are to the actual volleyball going on because they're just so ridiculous. And I I saw the clip Charlie was talking about. It was a little much. Yeah, it's I'm all for getting rowdy, getting excited, but it's just at a certain point, like know when to kind of settle down. Okay, well there it is, Josh. You've stayed awfully quiet. Have we have we tilted you this episode or what? You feeling okay? Yeah, we should record a live episode at uh, Trent's campus next year when they open up the Thunderdome and we could see how rowdy this crowd is, Garrett. It's actually the shack, but yeah, the shack. Oh, it's the shack. Sorry, the shack. it's the shack. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's great. Pack the shack. Pack the shack. Pack the shack. T-shirts. Exactly. Available. Yeah, I'm not flying out for the shack. It's actually a good okay. idea. Hold up, Danny. We're doing that next year. Yeah, we'll get T-shirts. Great. Yeah, Garrett, I don't think we got not even got the I don't think we got the budget to fly you out for that, Garrett. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, neither do Sharp Cuts, man. <laughs> Nobody has the budget for that. <laughs> no. Yeah, like to pack the shack, great, but I I can't help, sorry. Uh okay. You guys. Jeez. Can I uh can I throw out an honorary clown of the week that me and Charlie talked about earlier that hit the cutting room floor? You 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 can you can throw it out, but keep in mind that clown of the week it's very difficult to give an honorary clown of the week because when you give it, you, you're calling them out. It becomes real. Oh, I know. You guys talked about this last week, which is why we cut it. But the OUA awards, I mean, those all-star teams were ridiculous. And you guys talked about the sheer number of people. I've got a few other points. Uh, I think they need to go NBA style where it's by position because – as a middle, I think a lot of the best middles in our league are being disrespected a little bit on the all-star teams. If you look at the first team all-stars, there's one middle, Alex King from Ryerson, who absolutely deserved it. But you've got a bunch of great middles, both McMaster middles, Tyler and Woj. And Jeremy Murray from Nipissing didn't even make an all-star team. And you've got these middles that just don't get much recognition. And you look at the first team all-stars and it's a couple setters, one middle, a libero, and like 10 outsides. I think they need to do something about that. Interesting. Interesting. Now, there's a lot to unpack there, I think. The middles. I mean, Josh and I, I think, align in our perspective on middles. Um, what do you refer to them as, Josh? Uh, big, dumb middles, uh, usually. Yeah. Right. And there was another word you like to use. Uh, Gronk. Gronk. Alex okay. King is a very skilled Gronk. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Got it. Um, and he stays in and hits sea balls, so he's kind of he a does stay in and hit sea balls. Okay. Positive. Now, I've also said this on another episode. I think I asked. We were def- saying what's the best position, and I think someone was trying to defend middle. And I said, what are the two most important skills in volleyball? I mean, should I ask you, or should we just say them because we're all on the same page? I'm, I, I want to hear this answer. I'm wondering we're not on yeah. the same page. So I'm going to ask, what are the two most important skills in volleyball? Serving and passing. Come on, Charlie. Jo- Josh! Uh, I ha- I think passing, 100%. And then I'm going to go serving as well because everybody does it. That's like <laughs> everything starts with a serve. Okay. So, Charlie didn't hear what Josh said, which is great. Uh, okay, good. No, good. Okay, good. So Charlie nailed it. Okay. It is passing and serving. And how many of those do middles do? 
one. Hmm. Right. Well, actually, middles you, this year, you, you Gary, get middles tend to get in the way a lot while. this year, so they think they yeah. can pass. I, I've seen more middles try to take first ball this year than I have in my whole life. I have I've to. seen a couple that, like, you get a short serve right over the net, they hand pass, and then they run their offense. So yeah. it's just not a, a frequent thing. Yeah. No, I agree. But I, I, I do. They used to do it by position. They've stopped now. So hold on. They, we didn't talk about this last week, Josh. So they've added more, right? The double the awards and taken away the the position requirement for each of the teams. It used to be like two, two, the seven used to be the seven positions, right? So they've taken that away? Yeah, Garrett, I don't know if I said this on air, but I've definitely said it to everyone. I've explained the awards. So our coach is explaining to Josh Vidari and Andrew Tahi that they're both first team all-stars and they're awesome and they're fired up. And then Andrew goes, wait, so that means only one of Sixna, Filardo, like all these outsides. He starts naming all these guys, Jackson Young. And our coach goes, no, no, they made it too. So it's just like, oh my God, like who's on this list? Because it's like 14 dudes. And yes, uh, when Daniel brought it to our attention, uh, yeah, there's about one libero and like one... One middle, maybe two setters. Definitely not three setters. So it, it's, yeah, ten outsides. It's outside heavy. Okay. I mean, I, we can argue about whether or not that's valid. But I think just really in the spirit of an all-star team, I agree with you, Daniel. Like, how do they not do it by position, right? That was that was my thing. Like, it's not saying that those ten outsides weren't some of the ten best players in the league. But there's no way that you're... Like if you're the 10th outside on that first team, you're maybe the 10th best player at your position. Is that worthy of being a first team all-star? That's a great point. If you're the 10th best at your position, are you a second team all-star? No. No. I mean, if we've got 14 on each team, you might be a second team all-star. Right. But in this league, you would. Final question. How much of that bringing that up towards the end of the show is you genuinely being pissed versus you feeling bitter about the results? I wouldn't say I'm bitter about the results. Like, I just think it's something that's been overlooked for a while. Like, you just see a lot of right sides and left sides on all of the all-star teams. And, like, even though middles don't have the huge point per set number that an outside does, they're contributing on the blocks per set side. There were a couple middles this year in the top 10 in aces per set in the OUA. You didn't see them on the first team all-stars, stuff like that. And then, I mean, if we're going to get to the personal side uh, of the bitterness, uh, Trent's been a zero-win team quite a few times, and we understood that that means we're never going to get an all-star. We had a zero-win team get an all-star this year, and Trent didn't have any. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. What? And I I think RMC. You and Garrett, you're you're not gonna like this when I say this. This player that made the All Star team swung .07 on the season. What? Josh, how did you not tell me this last week? I don't like to pick on RBC. I have a ton of respect for that program. So do I. And I do, I do too. But you know, we've had some guys on zero win teams swing 140 on high volume, and we understood they didn't make the All Star team. So it just rubs us the wrong way when someone who's swinging half of what they did on high volume on a zero win team gets a nod. So you guys are sitting there and going even this year. I think positionally we had guys playing the same position with better stats and they 
Danny, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ryan, did he not have a higher hitting percentage than that? Yeah, Ryan and Nick both, you know, a little bit less volume in terms of the points per set, but swung no, but I'm just even, I'm just talking positionally for Ryan. Like Ryan, Ryan, not this year. Uh, Nick this year, because uh, or I guess Jaw. Yeah, it's tough because the player that got it switches between the left side and the right side. So yeah, yeah. I think we have a right side and a left side that had better seasons and didn't get a nod. Okay, but you guys yeah. are sitting there going, yeah. I mean, we're probably not going to get an All Star. We understand that. We had a tough year, and then you see the list and you see a team who you did better than. Get an all-star. <laughs> oh, it, we could we could honestly probably talk about this. This is great content. This is evergreen content, Josh. We this this is an absolute joke. I'm not afraid to go on a limb and say that. You guys are in the league, yeah, so you gotta maybe be careful. It's, and it's not even a, a did better than thing because you know my second year at Trent, both Trent and RMC won one game because we split our two games head to head and they, I believe had an all-star that year, Michael Roswell, but he had a fantastic statistical season and we didn't have an all-star and you can understand it because his stats for the season are so high, but like talked earlier about a guy not swinging his body weight. Like we're not even close to the body weight here. We're at the body weight of a newborn baby and the guy's getting a spot. I, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it is true. Like, Josh, you're just nodding. Like, what do you, you, I asked you to be entertaining this episode. There's, there's so many angles you could take the OUA awards from because uh, I believe it was Luke who brought it up or maybe it was Marty last week uh, talking about Mac had a dominant season. I, I know they fumbled a few games at the end, but they only had one first team all-star. And it's like, how is that possible when they were 18 and 0 at one point, just absolutely rolling and they only get one first team. So it seems like, the awards were almost based on how can we be like inclusive versus like honoring the right people who need to do it. It's like everybody needed to get an all-star. I guess Trent was left off that list, but it seemed like <laughs> let's check as many boxes as possible. Let's not care about position or hitting percentage or actual, you know, let's just give 40% of the league an all-star here, but let's not recognize like how dominant Mac and some other athletes were. Yeah. And to that point, like, I don't even necessarily think it should have been a Trent athlete that took that spot. I think it should have been Brendan Mills that took that spot. I think we talked about that last week, too. Eh? The snare over Brendan Mills. Yeah. Right. So the coaches vote. Yeah, it's a coach's vote. So it's political. I might ask Colin how he voted. <laughs> Yeah, like ask. It should be public, Garrett. That was the I agree. last week. We should we should really push for that. It should be public. Everyone should release their votes, and we should figure out one: how did we get to fourteen first team all stars? But two: who decided who was on that list? I also think I think it should be statistically. I mean, it could be. Like, so here's the thing, Josh, and you guys, because I've you I don't know if you did you did it for George Brown, Josh. Like, we've done it. What are you talking about? It's a different system, but it's the same idea is that you go in and you you fill out there's some online program that has all the players who've been nominated by their team who are eligible and you slot them in like you like pick them or slot them in or whatever. Right. And there's some survey bias there because they organize it by team. And so you feel like you're not voting by position. You're you're voting by everybody. And now am I really going to pick? the top four guys from McMaster say, 
Or am I going to pick the top two guys maybe? And maybe every different coach, their second guy was maybe a slightly different choice. So they all end up on the second team. Whereas the top choice from the other team was all their top guys. So they get more points ahead, right? So Because it's, it's just the bias of the way you vote on this thing, especially when you don't do it by position. So now there's a lot wrong with it. We could talk about it for a while. I will say, now that you mentioned the OCAA, I think they do it right, Garrett, because you vote, and there's only first team, second team, and rookie. But then they also do a little fun thing called an all-star game, which is awesome for the athletes to go. And you realize, you know, that player that you were crossing the net from, you don't actually hate their guts. They're actually pretty fun. But the all-star game allows every team. So even if you had a 2-18 and 18 season, you still got to nominate an all-star who gets to go to the game, and you get to be an all-star, even though you weren't a net recognized first team all-star because not everyone should be a first team all-star certainly not everyone should be an all-canadian but if you host an all-star game that means every team gets to nominate the dude on their team that they value and that makes it a little bit more worthy i think versus let's just have 28 first and second team all-stars and no all-star game for the fans garrett yeah but then you get a bunch of people off position so you're back you're back valuing middles is that what we're really talking about here (laughs) well if every team thought their best guy was their top left side, then the all-star game is going to be six left sides taking on six left sides. And the bench? Okay, so the six first and second team all-star team sides. are positionally based. Anyone left off that who doesn't have a representative gets to nominate their players. So at least we have two middles so we can play the game. Right. You need that. So... Alrighty. Well, we could talk about this a lot because there's a lot wrong with that. But it's I, I I appreciate you guys saving it for the end. Like cut it, cut it, sharp cutting it takes on a whole new meaning. But we ended up talking about it anyways. So, anyways, appreciate that. And and thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you not bailing on us and actually coming on the episode. I can't believe I have to say that now for these shows, Josh. We've got to thank people for not bailing. But we appreciate you guys ha- having you guys on, Charlie, for the second time. Appreciate it, Josh. Anything else you want to say to the people? Go Trent. Hop on the wagon now, Garrett. Okay. Pack the shack. Can't believe we're ending with there that. There we go. Can't believe we're ending with that. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.